beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious in the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles, and today my co-host is a friend of mine that I believe you're going to fall in love with if you don't already love her. So join me just right where you are with like a little clapping and a cheering right where you are, even at your kitchen sink, for Miss Jenny Owens. Hello, my friend. <laughs> so great to be here. I really wanted to say hi, crispy noodles, but I didn't know if it was okay to say that. So, oh yeah, we get to hang out. It's so, so fun. Um, I love that right now you are in New York City in your bathroom, and I might be in my bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> well, and you have to know, I have a four hundred square foot apartment in Manhattan, and like my bathroom is about one square foot. So, like, there's actually a cutout <laughs> in the door so that you can close it around the toilet. But right now, I have a mic stand in here, a TV tray with a blanket on it, towels and blankets on the walls because I have a nice setup with like a keyboard and whatnot, and like a tripod in the living room which is like very tiny as well, but not as tiny as the bathroom. However, in the living room, you can hear everything out the windows. And right now someone is getting their saxophone on at the subway station and just <laughs> been playing for an hour, which I'm super impressed with their lung capacity. However, it is too loud and their sirens. And then somebody just dropped something from the fifth floor. So it's a New York day, <laughs> which wow. only happens when I'm ready to record something. And then it's like, really? So, I yes, love that visual. So oh, much. it's fun. It's it's not <laughs> nearly as peaceful as your house. So uh yes, I, I miss the farm table for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, some of you listening might remember that Jenny was our label mate back in our watermark days, Nathan and I, when we were all signed to Rockettown Records, a record label that was created by the one and only Michael W. Smith. And Jenny's yeah. record called Without Condition was truly, it was groundbreaking in that time. I'm not just making that up. In fact, I think you beat us out for New Artist of the Year, didn't you? That's that so year. rude. I don't know. Did I? That's rude. If I did, I'm you sorry. Did. I'll never do it again, I, actually, I promise. <laughs> no, I actually just looked that up. I it, I didn't like remember that. I wasn't holding like a grudge against you. I had to Good. look to see when Without Condition came out because I was like, was that 2000? But it was 99, wasn't it? It was 99. Yeah. It came out in the summer of 99. And uh, yeah, oh when we were 25 and now we're 26. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, actually, we, were, we were literally like 23, 24 back, oh back in goodness. those days. But, but we still are. It's cool how that That's happens right. in some ways. So yeah, it was yes. a long time ago. And um, yeah, and then we made records and got to hang out and go on tours. And then you guys went to Atlanta and then you were so far away. And then you came back and we got to hang out when you moved back to That's Nashville. Right. And then I moved away. What the you heck? You moved away. You ruined it. Well, and you've, well, you tell everyone why you moved there because everyone's probably like, why would you leave Franklin, Tennessee to I know. move to New York City? <laughs> Well, yes, it is true. I, I do love New York. I remember when we all, um, even on one of our tours, one of our Rocket Town tours came up mm -hmm. here and I was just like, this is the best place. And mm -hmm. for me, like not being able to see, it's a place where I can get around really easily because the streets are like in a grid pattern and there's mm -hmm. subways and buses and and I just love it. To me, you know, everyone else sees the world when they're driving around in their cars, but I don't because you can't hear anything beyond the car. So now I get to see the world every time I step out my door and it's oh. so fabulous. 
So I love that. And also I'm in seminary, which is super fun too. So except for yes. writing papers, but, but yeah. You're so smart. Amazing. I'm not smart. That's why I have to go to school. So <laughs> I'm working oh, on it. Oh my goodness. Well, as Jenny just said, um, if you don't know this about her story, um, first of all, you should just do some Spotify searching through her music catalog because I know you'll find her music very beautiful and inspiring. And that's because... Her life is beautiful and expire and expiring. Please don't expire. <laughs> inspiring. I'm in this <laughs> <laughs> but yes, as Jenny just said, some of you might not know that Jenny was actually you were born with poor eyesight, right? But by the time yes. you were a toddler, you were completely yeah. blind. Yeah. And that I, is I was learning my an colors. Adventure. And, yes. Oh, and then wow. I lost my sight when I had a surgery that the doctor actually thought would save it, but actually took it oh. all away. So But, you know, my parents were like, well, whatever, you just go do you. And so I went out and climbed trees and rode my bike and learned to be a kid. And it was super fun. So, yes, I mean, it's like, I like to look at it as like an adventure that many of us will, will never know about because I've watched you um, just overcome so much. I mean, I know that, you know, we've talked about that all through the years, just as a part of your story. And I think many of us would say we overcame things in our childhood. Um, But I love just getting to um, sit with you. And I remember, you know, just so many days when we toured together back before Nathan and I even had kids, which was so fun because, you know, just getting to see the world, as you were saying, um, getting to go city to city with each other. That was, there was just a like a camaraderie in that. And I remember sitting and just asking you the most, as I look back on it, just really hilarious questions about being blind. And I look back on that now and I was, you know, probably asking you some things that you were just like, would this girl just please be quiet? Never, (laughs) never. I loved it. I loved it. We used to have so much fun doing makeup. And I was always so thankful because you were, you'd like be like, girl, no, you got to do it this way. And so we'd have (laughs) makeup and hair time. And it was so fun. We did. We had to watch out for each other because we were the only two girls. I mean, there were supposed to be more girls on that tour, but it really came down to the fact that it was just you and me with all those boys on the bus and we had to yeah look out for each other but I'll never forget Jenny those tour nights um (laughs) when you would sing that song as sort of like your signature song in those days and it was called if you want me to and you would have the whole house where you could hear a pin drop as you would sing and I have to read some of these lyrics because I looked them up because I wanted to reminisce about it myself, but it says, so when the whole world turns against me and I'm all by myself, I can't hear you answer my cries for help. I'll remember the suffering that your love put you through and I will walk through the darkness if you want me to. Because when I cross over Jordan, I'm going to sing, I'm going to shout, and everybody would like to do a little shout right there. I'm going to (laughs) look into your eyes and see you never let me down. So take me on the pathway that leads me home to you and I will walk through the valley if you want me to. Oh my goodness. It was just the sweetest. You milked it also for all it was worth in you. you were just- <laughs> no, I was probably just always so nervous. I was like, oh gosh, here we go. I got to do this. And I think back then too, I had the patience of a squirrel. So I'd be like, sing this song again. And now I'm, I mean, you know, you live life and you know what that song means more and more and more as you go. And so 
now I'm thankful that I get to sing that song, but you know, cause we all know something about suffering and we all know that, that pain of surrender, which just doesn't get easier. I mean, maybe it gets a little easier, but we still have to keep practicing it and showing up Mm -hmm. to do it. So, so yes, I am, I am thankful for that song though. In those days I was probably like, Oh, okay, let's get this one over with. Right. Oh, I mean, I just, I'll never forget those nights. And I think you probably did that towards the end each night. And it was always just that moment where we were all like, I mean, there was that element of being like, I can't believe we're doing this. Like, I'm scared. But at the same time, like, I can't believe we're getting to do this. And it was, yeah, just the sweetest to get to see you sing that song night after night. And we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of like you just said, I mean, how you know, songs unfold usually, especially a song like that. It ends up unfolding through the years in a way that you're like, oh, that's what that means. And so I want to hear more about that. But I I don't think we can go on without just sharing probably our most memorable tour moment together. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember it was, <laughs> it was a night after a tour stop and we had just like our nightly routine was that we would go to wherever like the women's restroom was or the, you know, probably some like locker room in an arena type thing. But we would get our pajamas on and wash our faces, get ready for bed and head to the bus. And it was always, you know, I'd we'd look out for each other because we'd have to walk at night to the bus. And so I, it was my job to, you know, lead you, which is usually you holding the, on to the back of my elbow. And, and I just, we were talking and yes, we were, we were in deep, deep conversation <laughs> <laughs> and I was we not watching deep. where I was going at all. <laughs> and the proper etiquette when you're leading a blind person is that you're supposed to say stairs or just at least be like, Hey, we're getting ready to go down about 40 concrete stairs. And I forgot to tell Jenny that we were going down those stairs until it was like we were going down them. And I forgot. And she ended up tumbling down outside some concrete stairs. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I will never forget <laughs> running really after you. It really didn't It really didn't. It was fine. I totally recovered. Right. I mean, as your manager, Britt, was like pulling concrete out of your knees and <laughs> got on the bus and like had tweezers and a first aid kit. And the whole time I was just like, Jenny, I'm so sorry. And I literally was like, I, I forgot you were blind. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing. That is a great thing, actually. Oh my goodness! I was just—I just remember the the chat was good. So I mean, you know, whatever we were talking about must have been really fun. So it's okay. Makes it all worth it. Oh my goodness! Well, I actually wrote about this incident recently when I got to write the foreword of your new book that's coming out on May first. You did. It made me cry. Not the part about the stairs, but just the whole story. It was so beautiful. So I can't wait for everybody to read it. You just wrote just so beautiful, so kind and generous Hmm. and just took me back to all those days that we used to get to hang out and have so much fun. So I, I so appreciate it. Every time I read it, I'm still like teary, like, Oh, oh. She, she wrote that. Wow. So sweet. I need to read it again. Um, it's I mean, I'm you so excited. Read it again. Yes. Well, okay. So it's called singing in the dark 
finding yes. hope in the songs of scripture. And it is actually available for pre-order right now, this very minute. So if you want to go ahead and do that, you can pre-order it right now, but it comes out just real soon on May 1st. Yes. And first of all, just congratulations, because oh, you know you. that I understand what a huge deal it is yes. to finish a book and release it into the world. So I'm celebrating that with you today. So just tell us a little bit about it. I love the title, Singing in the Dark, Finding Hope in the Songs of Scripture. I would love for you to just kind of give us give us a taste of yeah. what it's about. Yes. Well, you know, it's been so fun reading your book, your audio book, which you probably didn't record in your bathroom, but I did record <laughs> mine in my bathroom. Um, although we did, t- we did send it to like the fancy audiobook people that know how to make it sound cool. So it doesn't, you, yes. won't, you won't hear it that way. But, um, but I was, as I've been listening to your book and so loving it, it's just, oh, I love it. It's so beautiful. And one of the things that I have smiled at quite a few times is how, um, how similar, a lot of our mm-hmm. thought processes are because mm-hmm. we have both been in spaces where you you think you're getting everything that you could possibly want in life and you mm-hmm. you find that the hustle or as i call it the grit just doesn't it it isn't it's not it's not what we're designed for it's not the thing yeah. that's going to complete us so anyway but sorry i digress at any rate but the book <laughs> is <laughs> In a nutshell, it is about how to cultivate hope and how to find joy, no Mm. matter what challenge we're facing. So Mm. um, it's called Singing in the Dark because I know most of us like music, right? And most of us also know what it is to experience trials and suffering. And, Mm. um, you know, one of the things that I am confident of is that whether you like to sing in tune or not, there's always a song on repeat in everybody's mind. And it may not have a melody, but it always has words. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of times those words are like informed. Yeah, they're they're often formed because of the darkness that we've been through, whether it's a difficult you know, relationship or childhood or a, a physical challenge we're facing every day or something else. And, you know, like as a blind person, my song is often like, you know, you don't measure up. So you need mm-hmm. to find ways to be useful. Um, so in this book, um, what I try to do is not only talk honestly about some of those songs and share some of my personal story about those songs, but we look at songs from scripture and mm-hmm. we think about how discovering those songs can counteract the negative ones and and actually mm-hmm. how we can change our thinking. So there's 10 songs from scripture as well as lots of my own personal story. And then at the end of each chapter, there's even a place for people to write their own song, which doesn't actually have to be a song. It can just be whatever your heart is responding to, you know, what you've been reading. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so it's about learning to sing hope uh, with a melody mm. or without in in whatever circumstances we're going through. I love it so much. And it's even for people, like you said, that, you know, maybe it, maybe you don't feel like this is for you because you're like, I don't sing. Right. <laughs> but yes. I think it's, it's, it really is just an invitation to yes. um, be able to pour out praise and personal praise, even in the dark and, and find hope and um, be able to um, sing that hope. I mean, I talk about this yeah. in the book that our lives sing, and that's not necessarily meaning that, you know, you need to have every day be like the sound of music and you're singing, <laughs> you're <laughs> singing right, you're over right. the people in your lives. Oh, but I say, 
Yes. Right. But our lives truly do sing. And I love that thought that there is a song, whether that is, you know, this song that's being repeated because of the brokenness and the darkness. Uh, but I love just that invitation to go like, okay, what's the song that could come out of my mouth and yes. and ultimately out of my heart that could counteract that and it could drown out um, that song, you know, that's being repeated from that place yeah. of brokenness. So I love this so much. And I love it, like you said, um, and we will get into that. Like I call it hustle, but you, you call it grit in, in the yes. book and how basically, and, and you're so right. When I was reading your book, I was just so struck how um, we really have had the same revelation, you know, as just being a little bit farther down the road um, in just our career and, and having things unfold, like you said before, even living some of our dreams out, but yeah. realizing that we were being burnt out at the same time yeah. and that that hustle or that grit actually was ultimately holding us back from the very thing that would propel us, that would help us endure, that would help us um, stay in this and have longevity to our song. And yeah. so I would love for you to just talk about sort of your own epiphany um, about that. You can go into it more because I do think it's just so important. Ultimately, it's just about living from God's strength rather than our own. And I would love for you, because I know a lot of people are, you know, asking me this very thing. Um, yeah. Like they've read the book and they're just like, I want more practical ways, you know, yes. of what it looks like for you. You know, what's been the key yeah. of living yes. in God's strength instead of your own? Yes. Okay. I'll tell you, but then you have to tell me too, because I want to I want to ask you about that, and I want to ask you about some other things, especially about the chapter that um, mm. the honeycomb chapter that we're yes. thinking about this week. But um, yeah, I do think there are some really practical questions that can help us out, like that we can ask of ourselves. One of them mm. is, who am I living for today? Like, mm. what's motivating me? And also, yeah. what's my greatest fear? You know, what do I care about the most? Um, mm. What, mm -hmm. And what am I mo most afraid of? Um, because I think when we ask those questions, it's from there that we can actually figure out who's driving the ship. Like, right. is it the grit and determination and hustle, as you say, that is in us? Is that what we're trying to sustain ourselves with it with? Or is it actually mm -hmm. God's strength? Um right. and what I've learned, and I'm sure you've learned this too, is God's strength just feels different. It's unwavering. Yeah. Sometimes it it isn't as sort of passionate as our drive can be when we're just in the moment and trying to do the next thing. But his strength is solid. It's real. It's based on truth. It's based on what we find. Um, one of my favorite places to learn about God's strength is from Hannah. Mm -hmm. And Hannah, as many people will know, was the mother of Samuel, but she was also one of two wives, which is just a horrid idea in every situation. <laughs> do not be one of two wives. Not good. Not but good. She, <laughs> no, not good. And she, um, and so she's heckled by the other wife, especially when they come to worship, to the place of worship. But even her mm -hmm. husband doesn't really understand her. He's like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, am I not better to you than 10 sons? And, mm -hmm. you know, but, but for a woman in her day and time to not have children meant that you had no, like, status. You had no value in your society. But what mm -hmm. she finally did was to go to God and pour out all of her 
everything she had, all of her pain, all of her supposed strength, she, she kind of mm. said, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. what she says to the priest Eli is, I'm pouring out my bitterness and anguish before the Lord. So we think of Hannah as asking God for a son, which of course she did, but really what she also did was have to pour out. She had to get rid of her determination. Mm -hmm. She had to get rid of the things that stood between her and God so that mm -hmm. he could fill her with um, his strength. And the, the beautiful way we see the strength play out in her life is that she walks away from that prayer session calm and changed yeah. and able to eat again, you know, and she's so mm. hopeful. And then even after she has Samuel and she gives him back to the Lord by taking him to serve at the temple. So then she's back in the same situation with an, with the other wife, they're going mm. back to the temple and she still has, um, she eventually did have more children, but at this point she has no children again. And yet now she mm -hmm. is strong because it's between her and the Lord. He is holding her up. And so yeah. I do think after we ask those questions, it's also about going to him and being honest, praying honest prayers instead of polite prayers. Not meaning mm -hmm. that we don't need to be respectful to God, but being meaning that we got to pour out whatever's in our hearts. We got to not That's hold so back good. if there's bitterness and anguish. And I know I definitely have those as, you know, as a blind person, there are moments that you just think, oh, I want to be offended. You know, this person hurt my mm -hmm. feelings or I feel like a victim or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we get to go and pour all of that out to him. Yeah. And when we do, that is, I believe, after the questions, I think that's the second step to him having the space then in our heart to fill us with, with strength. I love that so much. I think I've read Hannah's story so many times and and, you know, just the ultimate takeaway or just the right away takeaway for me was always just like, oh, wow, she surrendered her child and she worshiped God. But I love this idea that it was really like this cultivating um, relationship with yes. with God and, and, and that that was like the treasure before, you know, she she ultimately gave up. It was like the, the, the real treasure was the fact that she was just like, I'm laying out all my longings before you. Like I can't do this anymore. And that is really ultimately, as you and I know by this time, you know, in our lives that that is when the true rest comes. And from that rest, even like you said, comes the strength, you know, yes. to be able to, then you know offer up what she she offered up and and that she lived from this place of strength and i think ultimately that was what i started realizing you know in my my own journey was that you know i was allowing that that hustle or even just my um my need to um, be doing things for God, I allowed that to actually yeah. get in the way of my actual relationship with Him and just, you know, daily going to Him and pouring out my heart like that before Him. Um, today we're amazing how we can do that, you know? It is. Just, like, <laughs> just I'm doing for you, God. And then you kind of realize, oh, wait, that that's not, that's not our first call. But it, it right. does seem like the natural thing to do like oh yeah yeah gonna absolutely and we just and it's because we have such a crafty enemy of our soul satan yes. who i really do think that 
I mean, he's just, he's the thief, right? It's always about robbery. It's always about, you know, dangle something else over here, this, you know, shiny carrot over here (laughs) to keep you from ultimately the thing that is going to help you endure and have longevity and to keep going. It's going to propel you to do the things that God's already, you know, provided for you to walk in. It's just, it's such like a crafty plan, you know, on all fronts. And what's sad, you know, I've said this so many times on the podcast is he doesn't really have, the enemy doesn't have to get much more creative than that (laughs) because we so quickly fall into that. Um, but yeah, we're coming today. We're coming around this chapter, heart like a honeycomb, and I talk about the pain of my miscarriages in this particular chapter. But really, how how God can use our sorrow um, and also just really, you know, help us find such incredible um, purpose in our pain. But I think ultimately what I ended up writing on was what we stand to receive in every season. And even in a season of hardship or, or as you were saying, those moments when it's just like, I want to be offended here, or I want to, you know, sort of um, just kind of have that sense of like, um, you know, being bitter or walking through something without the fullness of what God really wants us to be walking in. And so ultimately, I um, just ended up talking about like how, you know, in every season we stand to receive being poured into um, by the Father's heart. Um, And I love that, you know, this means that in every season, you know, we can— you know, have our hands out, our hearts open in order to receive what God has for us. I think my tendency, you know, through times of hardship is like, I sort of will let it sideline me or I'll let it kind of, you know, punch me in the gut a little to where, you know, I'll hide for a while. Um, But really, I think it's... You do talk about beautifully in this chapter, by the way. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Oh, no, but um, yeah, I think just this picture of a honeycomb came to me and really like, honestly, you'll understand this as a songwriter, um, how sometimes when you're writing, just a phrase will will come out of your mouth and you're just like, whoa, I mean, it doesn't always happen like that, but in in this particular song that I kind of unpack in this chapter, it's called All That Is To Come, and it's the song on the Lullaby album that I would say I wrote you know, just for myself to have a song in the night. And um, the bridge of it says, no matter what may come, make my heart like a honeycomb, storing up the sweetest home for you and me until I love you more than anything. I think that's, you know, we were touching on that before. Just that's the whole goal, right? Is that we're treasuring Jesus above it all, even these gifts, even these talents, even these dreams unfolding. It's like, God, help me, even in this season of you know suffering or pain or hardship or whatever right. it is, be able to store up the things of, of you, you know? Yes. And then it was like I pictured sort of this, um, like the, the hearts of the beloved, like literally dripping like a honeycomb because of just, we're storing up the sweetness of who God is. But then I kind of unfold in the book that as I sort of just dove in and was in the middle of writing, which I'm sure you experienced too. It wasn't, it wasn't until I actually got, you know, well into the chapter that it was like, oh, this sort of unfolding of this 
infrastructure of a honeycomb and how science science uh, scientists I can't talk today scientists actually marvel at the honeycomb and yeah. it's it's uh, strength and tension and um, and it's used in all kinds of uh, crash barriers like the bumpers of cars and there's so Which I much did not know there. until I read this chapter of your book by the way it's isn't so that crazy. it's so fascinating and then it was just like this yeah. revelation from the Lord of like even through hardship, I'm building an infrastructure in your heart yes. that is to be stability in unstable times. And it's to be a heart of certainty in uncertain times. And I just thought about, wow, the heart of the beloved. It's not yeah. only like dripping, you know, with the sweetness of God, but it's like strength, like you were saying with Hannah. Yeah. So now that but, I have that groundwork work laid <laughs> yes. of this yeah. chapter... Yeah, well, I, I was going to ask you, so the, um, yeah, because this place where, where this image came from and the idea of the honeycomb was a very difficult place for you. And, um, yeah. you write about it so beautifully. Um, and I actually remember the song glory baby so much. And I, I mm -hmm. loved that song so much. I still love that song so mm -hmm. much. I can still sing it. Um, and just even the, uh, the line of like, just let Jesus hold you till mom and dad can hold you. Is that what it yeah. said? Or, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. What? You were around those days. My goodness. Yes. I do remember all of that. But I wondered just even, um, when you are preparing to be that honest and that vulnerable in writing, what was that like? I mean, was it, um, did you, did you have to relive it to do that? Were you, were you so focused on, I want to get the honeycomb image out there that I, I'm okay with doing it? Or was it, were you kind of reminded of the challenge and the pain of that time? Like, how was that experience for you about just kind of, you know, reliving all of that in writing? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about how it sort of parallels with even writing Glory Baby. Um, yeah. And, you know, just I remember at the time it was like, if, if I write this song, I'm going to have to sing about it all the time. And and then I'm going to, am I going to relive that all the time? And it was sort of like this heart, like a honeycomb chapter. And even that, you know, song, All It Is To Come, it's like, it's sort of that same thing. It's like, gosh, if I write this, I'm going to like keep reliving it and talking about it. But right. I'm sure you've experienced that. And, you know, even as we were talking about, um, you know, your kind of debut song, if you want me to, it's like, you know, songs, yes, they, they just deepen over time. And I think us, you know, putting our toe in the water of, of, you know, trying to heal from that pain of the miscarriages, you know, in the very beginning of writing Glory Baby, it's like I can see now after all these years and three children later, you know, just like what God was um, going to heal um, through singing about it and through yes. talking about it. And that's why I love even just tying in your book, you know, like singing in the dark is just like, what all is God going to heal as we just are faithful and I guess just have faith of a mustard seed to be like, okay, I'm going to open my voice now and I'm going to yes. sing about this really, really hard, unbearable yes. thing. I just remember being so scared. I remember Don Donahue, who was the president of our label, Rocketown Records, sitting in the back of the bus and we played Glory Baby for him. And he was like, 
he just literally was like, are you sure you can do this? Like, can you really sing about this? You know? And I just think back on that and I'm so grateful that I'm like getting teary about it, but just that we had the courage to just like put our toe in the water and go like, God, we trust you with this hurt. We trust you with this pain. And so all we know to do is like put one foot in front of the other (laughs) and, and just like, write these lyrics down and start singing them and start telling the story and sharing about God's faithfulness and the pain. And then I think just, you know, reliving it through this heart, like a honeycomb chapter was just like, um, I've talked about that a lot over the last few weeks of this book releasing and just, just how, um, I got to relive his, his faithfulness, you know? And, and that was one of the, my favorite things about writing the life you long for was just that, I felt like I literally got to reminisce with God for like a year (laughs) and just look back and go like, wow, you were so faithful when I just, you know, was willing to stick my toe in the water and just start, you know, letting you heal these places in me. Um, You have not let me down. You've walked with me all this time. That's so beautiful. And, you know, it makes me think about just, well, and everything we're talking about kind of points to this, but I think we live in a culture and in a time where we just want to be okay. We want to make the pain go away, right? We want to make the darkness go away. So maybe it's something that you numb with Netflix or Instagram or Mm -hmm. a glass of wine or a few, or there's just, there's some way that people turn off the noise or like, like we, it sounds like we've both had experience of this. You turn off the noise by diving into your life, like diving into your work and your career mm-hmm. and your ministry and, um, and for you with yeah. kids and, and family. So there's always, there's always a, an excuse to, um, either numb the pain or run or just kind of, um, just mm-hmm. do whatever we need to do to get through it. And so what I loved about reading Um, what I've loved about reading the whole book, but what I've loved about the honeycomb chapter is that you're saying, you know what, it's not just that you walk through it and then it's just, it's just great. It's just okay. But you walk through and that pain has left a beautiful lasting mark of, of your Mm. meeting with God, you know? Mm. And it's like, ah, so beautiful because that's, I mean, Mm. that's what it means to, to sing in the dark too. It's like, it means there's this place of, you know, maybe true pain, but it's the place where we met God. Cause you know, if we're, Mm. if we're numbing the pain or if we're blocking him out, we can't have that experience. So I loved reading that just in, um, just how you unfold this whole, the whole idea of the honeycomb and just thinking, even as you speak of your miscarriages, how, how not only how beautiful it is that you're vulnerable, but even, the way that you tell the story, it's not like, and then I was okay. You know, you, you walk through it as it honestly happened. And as, as -hmm. the Lord kind of helped you put life back together and what that looked like. And, and I think that's such a beautiful call to everyone to, um, you know, Mm -hmm. to do that same thing and to have the courage when we're walking through pain that he really will, he really wants to walk with us. And actually he has such purpose in it that we can't even see in the moment. Mm. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've mentioned this so many times in the last few weeks. Um, but, you know, this chapter sits in, in that, um, section of the book that's like the capacity of the beloved. And, and I love, even just as you're saying, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times in this conversation, just that, 
Yeah. I mean, we've had some dreams unfold and, and for us, you know, the tendency was like, um, you know, just keep things rolling, keep the calendar full, like keep going, just, you know, um, that's what we knew to do, you know, in those early years. But I love that just the Lord, you know, gave this revelation that our capacity of the, as the beloved, you know, we look at that as like usually what we need to crank out or get done or, you know, this right. level of sort of producing things. But I love so much that, you know, our capacity of the beloved really is about what we stand to receive and what we stand to be filled with um, from His heart. And that's that sometimes our greatest capacity can literally be um, these seasons of pain and seasons of hardship or, or walking through the dark. And we're all uh, walking through the dark right now in, in many ways. Um, this, yes. uh, these last, you know, this last year and a half um, just for all of us has felt like, my goodness, we're having to just sort of put one foot in front of the other and not sure, um, you know, what's going to happen. But I love Jenny that um, both of our books point to, really finding rest yes. and it's it's a hard one because of you know what we what we are all walking through and right. I would love to know um, just how you're pursuing rest in your life and I would love to hear sort of even maybe when those epiphanies began for you um, and then just how you're you're still coming back to those because it's an everyday thing, right? Like I still yeah. have to go back to the bullseye yes. Yes. <laughs> sometimes several times a day yes. um, to that place of that place of redirecting and leading yourself well back to the heart of God. I would just love to hear you talk about, you know, what it's like for you to live from rest right there in Manhattan, Manhattan, yes. <laughs> Manhattan, yes, Manhattan. Um, Yes, it is definitely something I've had to to cultivate for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I think kind of similar to um, some of your stories. For me, there was just there was a season of burnout, and it um, mm-hmm. I just I couldn't I couldn't think anymore. I mean, I just had to. Um, I mean, I kept kept doing events and things, but but not as much, and I had to just. Um, walk away. And, um, Mm -hmm. it was, it was a heavy time. I just remember to just, because I, because it was so much so fast and just kind of doing the next thing, my, my proverbial vision was just off. I felt like I just didn't see clearly the path ahead. Mm -hmm. I wasn't Mm -hmm. having the time with God that I needed to. And the thing about rest, I mean, there's so many dimensions to it, right? Like rest Mm -hmm. is, rest is, sitting back and gazing at the beauty and the wonder around us that God Mm -hmm. has made and also reflecting on the beauty and the wonder that he is like, I mean, that's what he did on the lat on the seventh day, right? Is he, he rested and he, um, he marveled at, at the work and said it was good. And that's, that's part of what we get to do when we, when we rest, we're taking in, um, we're, we're thinking about, we're contemplating, but we also, I mean, I always say rest also has to be an active pursuit. Like Mm -hmm. we have to, um, we have to go to God and, and find him. And, um, one of my favorite, um, new kind of in the last couple of years of, um, being in New York has been my Sunday afternoons are a time of rest, which usually means a great nap, but it also (laughs) means, (laughs) Just time of like of meditation and and taking a passage and just 
slowly going through it and going through it, you know, phrase by phrase and thinking about it and praying Mm -hmm. it and just asking God to give me insight, but also just give me his rest in that passage. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. one of the things I've really loved thinking about recently is just the idea of um, that we, you know, when we become believers, we have just, we have a bit of, you know, we're, we're new creations, right? So we have Mm -hmm. a bit of heaven in us now. I mean, God Mm -hmm. is, is pouring love into us that will one day, you know, when we see him face to face, I mean, that will continue to grow at, at just warp speed and we'll, we will Mm -hmm. be filled to overflowing. But even Mm -hmm. now he is pouring that love into us. And so I think part of what's beautiful about sitting and meditating on scripture is that is an opportunity for him to pour more love into us and for us to sense mm. the receiving of that. So, so it's kind of like rest is a planned activity and that we, we go and we pursue God maybe in that way, or maybe in prayer and, or maybe in being with friends who point us toward him and point us toward rest and friends that, you know, love us and with whom we can reflect his light. So that's part of it too. And then, um, it is also just receiving. I mean, it's it's admiring what's around us. It's it's marveling mm-hmm. at all he's done. I mean, for me, one of my also favorite um, activities at the end of the day is to just write down uh, or look. Like a lot of times I'll write down in the morning my prayer requests for the day, especially when it's mm-hmm. hectic. And I'll see yeah. how he's answered those. But then even thanking him for um, other things that have happened throughout the day. Or throughout the week, I find that is such a way to experience his rest because I can sit back and go, oh, he's in control, not mm. me. So, and, and a lot of times so that is still an, an active pursuit. Like I sometimes have to say, I really want to go to bed, but I'm going to write down five things, which usually turns into 20 things that I'm <laughs> so thankful that happened today. So it's almost like practicing, practicing finding God's beauty and seeing it and knowing it mm. and experiencing, you know? Um, yeah, and, yeah. And what about remembrance? Yeah, yes. I just think yes. about remembrance. Um, just even like uh, stones of remembrance, you know, like in the Old Testament, they would literally build these, you know, um, piles of stones as sort of like yes. a, a marker, you know, of what what God had done. And I, I love that, yeah. even just daily doing that, yes. like you're saying, that's just such a, um, a beautiful picture of... Um, you know, walking with the Lord, communicating with Him, like being in communion with Him. Um, I talk about that a lot too, just like you said, um, just even meditating on one scripture, like taking um, one passage that you can sort of just keep unpacking in your soul almost and like um, take it with you during the day. And um, and I love that you kept, you, you and I both were just I think talking about Ephesians 3.19, it's like being filled with to, to the measure of all the fullness of God, and that is the ultimate, um, yeah. but, you know, in eternity, but it's also happening now, right. um, as you were saying, so and cool. it is, and, and there's, I even say in the book that, you know, we, we sort of become our time with God, like, yes. we become, you know, who we behold, and then it's like, that time spent on those Sunday afternoons for you, um, yeah. literally like you, you become that in some ways. Yes. That doesn't mean that you bypass the scripture and you're like, okay, well, I'm it. This is, that's, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> no. We still have to keep going back because yeah. we need it so much. But 
ultimately it's because of who he's creating us to be. And, Absolutely. you know, I remember even just that epiphany was so big. And I said that to my son Noah the other day, and I was like, you know, that like beyond anything that you feel like you're supposed to do with your life, you know, who you are becoming is yes. what God is most um, concerned about. And yes. I just think it's so sweet, Jenny, after all this time, you know, that was one of the, the first things I said when I prayed before we started, um, before I push record, but just thanking God for um, just the gift of still being able to know each other after all these years and to oh, be able no. to say, like, with just full confidence, like, you're, you are becoming who I know you are beholding. You are becoming more mm. like Jesus. And yeah. I think that is one of the most beautiful things about the community of the beloved to yes. get to journey together, even though we don't get to see each other um, right. all the time. Um, right. You know, it's like journeying together all these years and being able to even just sit and reflect with you right now is just so beautiful because I'm like, wow, God has been pursuing you, Jenny. And and then I just think, wow, it's so precious that in His pursuit of you and your pursuit of Him, um, you know, you're getting to like share that with others now, even just with music still and with this book that's coming out in May. Um, but I think even just on a personal level, I think it's just so sweet. Every time I do get to see you and we just have these little chit-chat conversations <laughs> or when you come over and and so you fun. get to know my almost adult children and you're just like, oh who, are these, who are these people? And we play trivia. <laughs> we have trivia night and it's yes. so fun. But you Andy know, I, I do feel like that's part of even rest, right? Like I... I remember finding out that you were coming or you were back in town. And I just, Mm -hmm. I think the Lord had, had really started to work on my heart in the past few years about slowing down and being like, oh my gosh, do what's important. And like, you're talking about becoming like one of my favorite phrases. I think Don Carson said, this was become who you already are or something like Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. like, we are these, we are beautiful, radiant images of God and, and children of God. And so we get to yeah. go out and reflect that. And and part of that is is just taking in what he's given mm-hmm. us and taking in his beauty. And I remember just being like, okay, Christy and I, we got to hang out. And then we, we, I mean, we were both kind of in that place of, yes, let's, let's do this and, and just reconnecting. And, you know, I don't know, maybe a few years earlier, I would have been so busy on the road. I might not have even known, or you might've been busy on the, you know, it's just, it's amazing mm-hmm. how God teaches us what's important and teaches us um, as we rest, how to rest even more, I think, and how to to gaze. So, Yes, I love that. Become who you already are. That reminds me of Ephesians 2.10, which I quote all the time, that we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that He's prepared in advance for us. And so I love that. It's just like, that makes me rest, you know, of just going like, okay, wow, there's already things that He's prepared in advance for me to walk in. He's already put in me who I am to become. And, you know, it it does go against our human nature, you know, to do that resting and to do that beholding and to do that pursuit, like you were talking about. Yeah. And even that surrender that we were talking about that Hannah, you know, did so beautifully, just, you know, spilling her guts out to the point where— 
who was it that was right there with her that was like, are you drunk? Eli. <laughs> Eli. Yeah. Yes, that's right. He was like, this lady is, she's plastered. But yeah, like, just, <laughs> to the point of where we're just like, I can't do this anymore, God. But yeah. I think yeah. about um, really when we do choose though, this path of rest and like you're saying, like just unplugging and um, yeah. and because this world doesn't allow us, I mean, it really isn't, made for, I mean, this world, because of the brokenness of this world, because of the fall, it's like, it doesn't allow us to, um, you know, just automatically become, you know, who we were created to be. It's like, we have to fight for that and we have to stay in pursuit of it. We've got to keep doing the thing that feels opposite because the kingdom of God is, is upside down. And so, but I, I talk about, um, aspiring to the unseen and kind of what, um, you know, I think about the early years of when Nathan and I started out leading worship all those years ago when really we were kind of like seeing this worldwide movement of worship. I mean, before it became like a genre of music, I remember us just going like, wow, something is happening. Um, It's like the church began to sing to God rather than just about Him. And we were watching this um, amazing worship movement happen. And we've had a lot of young worship leaders ask us through the years, you know, like, tell us about that time. Like, what was it like in those very beginning years? And one of the things I always say was like, well, we had the advantage of not being able to see what everyone in the entire world is doing 24-7, you know? And it's like, we we didn't allow this 24-7, you know, access to our soul and our psyche, you know, um, back then, because we just, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have smartphones. We didn't have social media. And um, sometimes I really do grieve over that for my kids, but I have to believe at the same time, my friend Megan just um, encouraged me the other day. She's like, well, God will get to them in a different way. It's just, it'll happen with them in 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 a way that's different. But like for us, I feel like you remember a time when life wasn't as noisy. Um, And I know that, you know, you may not be able to like see all the images that we do and man, you know, I'm, that's just, uh, you know, you can look at that as a gift all in itself sometimes. (laughs) But I would imagine though, I'm not, you know, naive. I mean, in this way to know that like the noise probably, obviously the noise gets to you because you're in your bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Literally but, and figuratively, yes. yes. But the, I think it's more the pace, right? Yes. The pace of this world that we live in, I'm yeah. sure, as you're saying, has still invaded you in yeah. a way that you still have to choose rest. Yeah. Like rest isn't going to just like come in and give us, you know, breakfast in bed and be like, good morning, it's time to rest. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, I love that. I like that idea though. Maybe I know. I want awesome. that to yeah. be the way that I rest, but we have to fight for it. Right. And so yeah. thank you for um, just telling us about your journey really. And also I'm excited for this book, Singing in the Dark, because I love that you've created after each chapter this response time, right? For people to craft, maybe, like yeah. you said, maybe it's not a song that actually rhymes, but maybe it will be. Yeah. I pray that it really yeah. does cause people to be able to respond to God yeah. from this place of 
treasuring him above all that they yeah. got to get done today. And yes. is that kind of your heart behind yeah. this book and what you hope? It definitely is. It definitely is. And kind of as you're talking about the noise and the images, I mean, it's interesting as as a blind person, you don't have to say, see the images to know that they translate to expectations, right? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that there, there's, there really is, there's so much pressure that um, we put on ourselves. There's so much pressure that we feel just from reading, <laughs> reading the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter posts. So um, as a result right. of that, I am usually not on any of them, except uh, I will respond to, to comments, but that's about it. So I, yeah. that's kind of my, my way of dealing with it is lots of avoidance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But what I do hope, and I know it's the same as, um, as your hope is just that we can help um, encourage people on their journey to find that rest in the midst of the noise, um, because there will always be noise. There will always be all of these things that challenge us and that want our attention, and, and not the least of which is, is our own minds that are whispering and, and shouting to us. And mm-hmm. so if we can learn how to rest, if we can learn how to sing a different song in the midst of that, then, mm-hmm. then I mean, what hope we're going to have, you know, what, yeah. what, um, what blessing, what peace, what joy we're going to have, even if all that noise around us doesn't change, which is, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. So, right. <laughs> so yeah, I love that, that we get to, to, as, as much as we've both talked about singing and done a lot of singing over the years, now we get to uh, help people sing different kinds of songs in their minds um, as they're combating the noise, um, noise that we know about so well as well, and um, overcome that with, with God's songs of, of beauty and grace and rest. So, yeah. I love it so much. Well, thank you. I've just, I've loved getting to connect with you. You know, I actually got to see you a couple of weeks ago and um, get to see you periodically. And you will also be on the live stream for the Faithful Project. Um, Yes, I've been sharing about it with my audience. In fact, I need to post about it a little bit more, but um, that's on May 1st as well, right? Yes. All the things happen on May 1st. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a big day. We need to have like a fireworks show at the end of the day. Maybe we'll do that out here at Keeper's Branch. Oh, (laughs) fireworks for Jenny's book and the Faithful Project. Yeah. So the Faithful Project, yeah, was a a wonderful experience for a lot of writers here locally. Um, You flew in for it, but you're kind of local, even though you're, you know, I still still claim to be local. and then song, yeah, songwriters and authors all got together and wrote on this project. There's going to be a book and a um, and music that my husband Nathan's been working on, which is yes. so beautiful which and so delightful. Yes. Well, and you wrote um, several of the songs, right? Yeah, I got to co-write a few of those, and that was so fun. So, and you are singing so beautifully on so many of them, and. It's so fun to hear your, it's like, oh, I love it. We get to sing together. I know. It's just been such a sweet reunion for us to get to. Um, I wish I could have gone to more of the writing retreats. I, in fact, I only got to go to that one because of just, we were traveling at the time and then my book, my book manuscript was due. And so I didn't get to contribute, um, in writing, but, um, I got to be a part of it in singing. And then just this live stream is going to be so sweet to get to share with the world. And you're a part of that, which I love. And, 
So just, yeah, I'm just celebrating Jenny Owens and your well, season I'm of celebrating life. Christy <laughs> Knuckles because that's fun. And I love honeycombs and I'm so inspired to go find one now. I'm like, yes. is, I, I, I'm trying to remember the shape of one because it's been so long since I've seen one. So when I was reading this chapter, I was like, how yeah. amazing. I'm going to always have this image in my heart when I think about just our hearts being strong like mm-hmm. honeycombs and how beautiful that is. So yeah, thank it's you one for, of my favorite things. sharing that with the world. Oh, well, it's, it's been so sweet. One of the things I loved in Israel is that when we would go to breakfast in most places, they had basically strung up honeycomb that you literally just go up and it's like literally dripping and you go up and you just literally break off a piece of this giant honeycomb and you like, and you like spread it on your cracker or your cheese or whatever is on your plate. And you're literally just eating fresh honeycomb. Like it is just amazing. That's so fun. I don't know how that, I missed that when I was in Israel. They just kept directing me to the like cucumbers and tomatoes and hummus. So I did did not (laughs) find the honeycomb. So I got to go back now. Yes. Well, Um, I've been having each of my co-hosts, this has sort of just happened, but um, I would love for you to pray for our listeners um, just as they're going about their pursuit of Jesus and especially pursuit of rest in this time of um, these tumultuous times and like, you know, a time that feels like we really are walking in the dark. So I would love for you to just pray us out, Jenny. Absolutely. Lord, thank you so much for this time together. And thank you so much for your faithfulness to us and that you are always there waiting to offer us rest. You are, you never stop pursuing us. You never stop caring about the small details of our lives. And Lord, I pray um, that as we listen, as we think about these things, that we will turn to you, that we will realize that our first step toward rest is is confessing that you are God and trusting you with everything, giving you everything, pouring out all the things that are in our hearts to you. Lord, I thank you that that is our way to you. Lord, I thank you that we can receive your power your glory, your grace, your wisdom, your strength can infuse our lives and um, that we can be with you and have hope in you and find our rest in you um, no matter how noisy things get around us, no matter how unsettled things feel, that you are always there. You are always faithfully waiting to provide rest. So Lord, we praise you for that. We praise you for who you are and all you are. And I just ask that you will bless everyone as they're listening, uh, that you will give them experience of you this week. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much, Jenny. It was so fun to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you, friend. It's so good to hang and love you lots. And I can't wait till we're in person and eating food and having trivia really soon. Yeah, maybe I'll find some honeycomb, okay? Okay, please do. I'll talk to you soon. 